Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode three of the Which Way Now podcast. Man, I'm excited about this one. I'm actually, uh, I'll be super transparent. I'm rec- I recorded this in my walk-in closet. I was looking for a quiet space in my household with two little young boys that are running and screaming and playing and kicking soccer balls down the hallway. Um, I know, you know, you know, not a perfect parent. There's wildness that happens. But I needed a spot so I could record this thing. And so I'm standing here in my closet talking with you guys into this microphone. And I just finished recording this episode and I'm super excited about it. We're talking on owning it. What does that mean? And I go into some examples using the concept of time and how I think maybe it's been mishandled or misunderstood, the power of time itself, and how we can actually leverage the power that's within us to get over some of our own sticking points so that we can begin to get to that life that we're trying so desperately to be at. You know, we we focus so much on this this forward thing, this, I've said it in other episodes, this big personal mountain that we're trying to climb, trying to get up to the top, and the top representing just the pinnacle life that you're that you that you want to be at so bad. And we get so focused on that that we don't stop to realize a lot of the success and fulfillment can be found within us. And yes, we're getting into a little bit of the deeper mental, emotional, meditative type of feelings and kind of looking within ourselves on this episode. But I think there's a ton of value here and I'm super excited for you to be here. We're talking about owning your life. We're talking about the concept of time and how this all pieces together so that you can move forward in your personal and your professional journey and get to the life that you've always dreamed of because you are worth it and you deserve it. Let's go. Attempting to simplify the complexities of entrepreneurship and what makes for a good life. This podcast is riddled with questions, ideas, philosophical food for thought, tangible takeaways, and honest stories that highlight one man's journey. My name's Evan Shank. Welcome to the podcast, Which Way Now? So I've got a question for you. Have you ever tried meditation? Now, for the past several decades, at least in the circles that I've been involved in, this word and concept of meditation is a little odd or off-putting to some. See, I grew up in a Christian household, grew up in a Baptist church, grew up with the fundamental Christian teachings, right? And within those circles, the word meditation was this buzzword that really started having people up in arms. And so for many years of my ignorant life, I thought that meditation was this bad thing that we need to stay away from because it puts us further away from God. Well, that has changed for me, and it's not something that's like a new thing over the past Oh, I don't know, 15 years or so, I've not, I don't wrestle with that anymore. I've come to actually understand what meditation actually is, what it means for most people, and what it does for people. And so I was doing some meditation the other day. Now, I will go ahead and say, super rookie, super beginner. I, f- I have this app on my phone. It's called Insight Timer, and I really like it. I mean, I know there's 
a handful of other really good meditation apps out there in the app stores, and everybody kind of has their own um, flavor of how they kind of do it. But I really enjoy Insight Timer. So if you're looking for something to step into, it's completely free, and of course, there's paid versions, or whatever. And hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> uh, but that's the that's the app that I like to use. And so what I've been trying to do lately is. As often as possible, I'm trying not to beat myself up when I mess up or if I don't get in a meditation session, but several times a week at least, I'll take 10 to 15 minutes, give or take, and go through a guided meditation. So typically, this is right at the top of my day, and I'm just trying to kind of wake up and I'm brewing the coffee and just I'm trying to actually avoid checking my email or scrolling social media. I'm trying to just wake up with the day very organically and just kind of experiencing life in those first few moments of consciousness of the new day without, like I said, getting into the social media or anything else. Because I feel like it does kind of clutter my mind and it primes me to feel busy and overwhelmed or behind. But anyway, I digress. I've been doing the meditation towards the top of the day, and I was going through this guided one the other day, and it was called Manifest Your Dream Life. And I guess you can kind of figure out what this was all about, but I I think it was like a 12-minute meditation, and the lady was having me visualize like where I wanted to end up and what is my dream life? What is this all for? Where am I trying to go? And she kept repeating things like, you are valuable, you are worth it, you are good enough, and very deserving of the wildest of dreams. (laughs) And I had to kind of, you know, fight the thoughts that I was having because at a certain moment, I'm thinking, okay, well, you have no clue who I am, so how do you know whether I'm worth it or good enough? You know, maybe it's like, okay, well, my dream is to be a race car driver. Well, you you wouldn't know that I'm not good enough for that. I could tell you I'm not good enough. <laughs> you know, I've got a lot to learn and be able to do before I could be that race car driver. But anyway, I'm like, all right, just let's quiet my own thoughts and just internalize what she's saying. You're valuable. You're worth it. You're good enough. And you're deserving of the wildest of dreams. And then what she said next was the thing that stuck out to me. And I don't know why, but it's just these two words that just struck me and I couldn't let go of. She said, own it. She said, said all of those things, those, all of those affirmations. And then she said, now own it. And she kept it going. That wasn't the very end of the meditation, but the, those two words, own it stuck for some reason. And so I kind of had been chewing on this idea of like, what does that actually mean? And that's what the topic of this podcast is, is owning it. And I've got some examples that we're going to dig into and kind of my breakdown of what I think this means and why I think it applies to all of us and is really valuable. So the question is, what goes along with owning it? What are the things that are in the process of owning it? And what is this thing called it? What is it? Well, the best that I could say as I'm thinking through this, and you know, I'm a work in progress with my thoughts, at, at this moment, as I record this, owning it to me, it encompasses the past, the present, and the future. And then the word it means 
all the big stuff in your life, like your dreams and your desires, as well as every single thought and every single action that you take in every single moment. So owning it is recognizing and reconciling with your past, where you sit in this very present moment and where you're going, what the future may hold. And the it is all aspects of your life, the biggest, biggest, biggest parts, the biggest things, the wildest of dreams down to your next breath. Are you breathing in through your nose or in through your mouth? All of that is it. It's your existence. Own it. Own your existence, your opportunity at life, the gift that is life. It's so easy to get caught up in the day-to-day. I know for myself, I'm, I am always working on that, and I think that's true for many of us here. Is it's so easy to get caught up in the day-to-day, that normal cadence of life, your response to the rhythm of the world around us, the sunrise, the sunset, and we kind of plan and program our day around this thing called time. And as we look at owning it and what that means, I'm going to focus in on the concept of time because I think it's a really interesting thing that sometimes we give it more power than we should or we just abuse what time actually is or isn't. So here's, I was trying to kind of like, as I'm taking notes and thinking through how I want to deliver this podcast and what points I want to hit, I had written down this quote and I don't know if it totally makes sense, but it makes sense to me. And it's very short and sweet. It says, time favors no one until you favor time. Once again, time favors no one until you favor time. Now, Take it for what it's worth. You know, these are my own thoughts, but I think they ring pretty true. And it's not to say that time bends over for those that favor it. Like, obviously, scientifically, that's not possible. You're not able to bend and manipulate and distort time. Um, It kind of makes me think of, uh, I think the movie was called Wanted. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was called Wanted with Angelina Jolie where she's um, like a gunslinger, basically. Man, it's been years since I've seen it. It's a good movie, uh, but she could basically like like whip the gun around while she's pulling the trigger and it would make the bullet like curve in the air and like go around obstacles and hit like the bad guy or whatever on the, on the other side. And it was just complete breakdown of physics and how this whole thing actually works. And, um, I'm not saying that if you favor time that you can completely just bend it to your will, but our beliefs and our perceptions are strong enough to outweigh time itself. I know that sounds odd, so stick with me here, because I believe we can actually flip the script on the science of it, and it's not that we're actually changing the fundamentals of time, but how we react to it and the power that we give it. So it's not really about what is tangibly factual. It's about how we harness the power of our heart, our willpower, our intelligence, and our creativity and resilience that only is capable by human. Now, time favors no one, just as it should. Time is only a metric, a ticking reminder of potential motion available to all, plants, animals, and people. 
You can win and lose a thousand wars, and time will aid you with one hand and dismantle you with the other, not due to time itself, but due to you. Let me say that again. Time is only a metric. It's just a ticking reminder of potential motion that's available to all things in existence. And with one hand, it can work in your favor, and in the other hand, it can really screw you over. And it's not time's fault. It's us. So whether you're looking at the glass half full or the glass half empty on whatever the circumstance is where you're wrestling with the, this concept of time and it being in your favor or not, that's on you. That's on you. And so going back to owning it, I think to own it, you must internally and continually reconcile who's the captain. So like, I'm the captain now. <laughs> I don't know. I Honestly, I don't even remember where that quote is from. I know it's a quote and it made me think of it when I wrote that down. And uh, <laughs> yes, so who's the captain now? Is it you or is it time? And getting into, I want to kind of spin this a little bit deeper on the concept of time into something that's a little bit more into the entrepreneurial world, which is a lot of the listeners. So let's talk at it from this angle a little bit and give a couple examples. One oversimplified saying is that time is money. We've all heard that time is money. Time's a wasting. Money's burning. It's not waiting on anybody. Let's go. It's kind of that whole time is money thing, right? Let's rephrase that. And I understand, like I said, it's oversimplified. It's not actually true. It doesn't just boil down to time equals money. Instead, what I think is maybe a more accurate way of saying this is the opportunity to gain or lose money is interwoven within the uncertainty of the time that we've each been granted. (laughs) Now, I get it. That's not as catchy or as easy to memorize. It's got a couple extra words in it. But man, when you say it, it kind of makes you feel like you're smarter than you are (laughs) or something. But let me repeat it again. The opportunity to gain or lose money is interwoven with the uncertainty of time that we've each been granted. So it's not that time is money, it's that the concept of time allows for, well, within time itself, there's opportunity to gain or lose money. So there's risk in it and there's opportunity within it all at the same time. But, you know, when you say that, whether you say it the more fancy way or the regular old time is money way, what it doesn't account for, and I talked about this, I put up a post on my Instagram at evanshank 75 If you're interested, if you're not following already, head over there uh, and check this out. But it was a couple months ago, I think, but I put up a post talking about the uh, ongoing argument of quality or quantity. Which one is more important? And saying time is money, it doesn't really account for the quality, the effort or expertise of something or the quantity like the output or the scale of something. And it brings up to the question of ultimately there's this big buzzword of value. So the question is, where do you place your value? You know, so is it in the the quality of an outcome or is it in the quantity of an outcome? You know, do you want to be like uh, just use easy examples like Nike and have this really quality, very professional, high authority piece of final product that um, has tons of just brand loyalty behind it. And it's just, it's the 
it's kind of the chef's kiss like sneaker, right? It's that's what they do. It's what Nike does. Or quantity, quantity, where it's like, okay, you're the clothing department at Sam's Club or Costco or wherever, where it's like, okay, let's just bang out a bunch of shoes so that people that don't have shoes or need shoes can get them. It's just about output. How many can we get out the door as opposed to how good can something be? And so the question is, what's more valuable to you? And the right answer is, well, I guess it depends. At least that would be my answer, right? But here's some, th- some things to think about. Um, where do you place your value? On time being spent? Is that where the value is? Is it money that's made or the quality of the result or the quantity of something produced? And I will say that I think there is a wrong answer within all of that. And you could probably argue me on this and that's okay. But I would say that placing your value on time spent is the wrong way to approach it. Because like I said, this is just a metric Time is just this thing that helps us rationalize existence and put some sort of frame around our life. And everything needs to have some sort of beginning and end, some sort of life cycle for us as humans to comprehend it and understand, you know, what are the rules that we're playing with. In business, we typically don't really care about how other people's time is being spent as long as it doesn't negatively impact something that we have a vested interest in. So, for example, as long as it doesn't negatively impact our own time or our company, the things that we are invested in, that they, you know, we have money on the line or reputation on the line, we have some sort of vested interest in it. As long as we don't have a vested interest, we really don't give a crap about how people spend their time. And so I don't think that that's where our value ultimately is. And once again, I will say these are just my own thoughts and I'm okay to be proved wrong. And I will actively and proudly say that I aim to adopt any idea or understanding that proves to be closer to the center of the bullseye or aka closer to being true. <laughs> so and, and like, like I've said in the other episodes of the podcast, if you're a new listener and I've already mentioned my Instagram at evanshank 75 I'm not just trying to promote myself to like be bigger and cooler or whatever. I'm just saying uh, my Instagram is a good spot for us to be able to have some sort of conversation on some of these points. And and a handful of the listeners have already been reaching out and we've been talking about different aspects of some of these episodes. So I would just encourage you, if there's anything that's striking a chord or you have an argument or something that you just, that really struck home with you, I would love to hear it at evanshank 75 DM me, hit me up. But I think that we are just misunderstanding time a little bit as far as the whole value thing. So let me tell you a story. I have, uh, for those that don't know, I am a freelance marketer on the side. It's kind of the thing that pays the bills. And then the podcast is like a fun project and I'm working on other products and different things that I want to offer that will come out in the future. Uh, But what I do to basically pay the bills essentially is freelance. And so I, I run for myself and I got my own little business set up and I'm having a lot of fun with it. And it's been the best way to connect and learn on the fly. And I would highly encourage anybody who's kind of like looking for that next thing is just go create a freelancing profile. What I did was I went on Upwork and I said, 
okay, um, I'm going to go into email marketing because I had a friend that had an oper- had a business and needed some help with email marketing. And he and I both knew I wanted to get into marketing, but I didn't know a whole lot about anything. And we were like, okay, well, why don't I just throw you a, a couple bucks here and there and you help me just put some email together. It doesn't have to be anything crazy, but you know, let's just start there. And so basically from that one little project that went on for several months, I'd say, I started my own Upwork profile and said, I'm an email marketer, so hire me. And what rate am I? I don't know. And I just started filling out the bio and then all of a sudden I got a lead. And then I was like nervous, so nervous. And I know I'm getting off track here, but I finally was just like, no, this is how I'm going to figure this out. This is how I'm going to learn. Yes, I could go to school and put everything else on the back burner and sit in a classroom and then get some sort of degree and then go out in the field. But for me, that just didn't seem to resonate. In fact, I gave it a shot. I did several semesters um, into that business program. And I was like, no, I want to put my time into actually boots on the ground, tactical learning. And so Yes. Anyway, that's kind of my inception, my uh, creation story as a freelancer and, and why I'm doing that. And obviously now I've built up quite a bit of experience and expertise, I must say, in certain areas of marketing. And so with one of my clients, let me get into the story, bring us back on track here. One of my clients and I, we were in the process of renegotiating our terms, And it was one of those questions that many of you are probably familiar with. And depending on which side of the conversation you are, if you're the the professional trying to get hired, you start to kind of cringe and get a little bit uncomfortable about this part of the conversation. And it's, okay, well, how much does this cost? And really, there's kind of three different main ways that things can break down as far as how you figure out what to charge. And it's, okay, well, what's your hourly rate? That's pretty like Flintstones version of this whole thing. It's not very um, intelligent, I'll say. It's not, not that it's a bad way to do business, but I will boldly say that it's not the best way to do business if you can keep from it. But it's a great place to start. So it's like, okay, um, I can charge by the hour. Um, I can charge by the project you know, per email that I send, um, per campaign that we push through. Uh, It can be a lot of different things, or it could be a retainer-based agreement where it's just, okay, here's a flat rate to pay monthly. And every month you can expect me to do X, Y, and Z for you. And that's going to be our relationship. And I will say that's where I've had the most success. So for those of you that are out there either trying to do something similar to what I'm currently doing as a freelance professional or, you know, whatever it is, I would strongly encourage you to start pushing towards some sort of retainer-based relationship with your clients if you can. Now, within all of that, I do have an hourly, like, number, that like a target that's in my head that it makes me actually want to care about what I'm doing. Because even if you love what you do for a living, I, I guess at least for me, with a wife, with wife and kids and house and responsibilities and bills and, you know, the whole thing, like, you know, I've got things on my shoulders that, I, that I, I'm responsible for that I need to carry. So you put all of those pieces together. It's like, okay, I love what I do, but it also needs to be worth it for me, right? So I do have an hourly target that whether it's a project rate or a retainer, I kind of, I figure that out. I shift it around based off of what my hourly target is. But anyway, 
The story with my client and I, we were renegotiating our terms. And up to that point, we had been on an hourly agreement. And it was fine, um, it, but it wasn't the best that it could be. And so what I did is I pitched this idea. I said, well, what if we were to just find a flat rate? Let's say, okay, on average, how many hours am I working for you each month? All right, we've got our number. Okay, and how much is that costing you? So on average, you're spending this X amount to have me as your, we'll just call it marketing guy um, in a retainer relationship, or I'm sorry, in an hourly uh, relationship. I said, well, what we could do is without um, really changing a whole lot, if we flip over to retainer, then what you're going to get is more commitment from me. I'm going to be able to help you. We can broaden the scope of work that that I can be in charge of and responsible for. I can start helping you out in a larger capacity. And in turn, I will, as the freelancer, have the peace of mind and of a more solid number that I can expect to be bringing into my business every single month from you as a client. And so that assurance of money coming in each month makes me feel some type of way, I guess. Um, Because, you know, I mean, for those that are freelancers, or if you work like a job where it's just you're not getting paid a whole lot, and your manager keeps changing the amount of hours you get or the shifts or whatever, it's like, yo, like, I can't live off of making a bunch and then making nothing and then making a bunch and then making nothing and then making nothing again and then making nothing again when I thought I'd be making a bunch again, if that makes sense. It's just the up and down roller coaster ride. So anyway, I and I and I'll get to kind of my point with the story is I started talking to her and I was like, listen, I don't think that hourly, this time based approach is the best thing for us. Now listen, if you were to if we were to continue to work hourly, what would incentivize me to work better for you? And what I mean by, and she was kind of confused. Like when I said that, she's like, well, what do you mean? So I said, well, if we're getting paid, let's just say $50 an hour. That wasn't the number, but let's just call it $50 an hour. If you give me a task or if we agreed that there's a task that I need to be working on next and you're paying me hourly to do this task, why would I, if I could do it in an hour, why would I do it in an hour? Now, I'm not saying this is how I would actually be. I have a little bit more integrity than that, um, <laughs> at least a little bit, right? <laughs> but if I can accomplish it in an hour, cool. But she probably doesn't know that I could do it in an hour. And why would I do it in an hour if I could justify three hours and just tell her, hey, you know, like it's about a three-hour project or a three-hour thing, this task. Now, instead of it costing her $50, it costed her $150. And so I'm not incentivized as the freelancer, the person that's being paid for my time, as opposed to the quality of work. I'm not incentivized to work faster, to work more efficiently. I'm actually incentivized to work slower and dumber and maybe have to make more revisions along the way and say, oh, well, that was just a rough draft. Let's uh, let me whip this up again. Let's start over. You know, I could drag this thing out if I wanted to so that I could collect the check. So hourly, not only does it not incentivize me to work efficiently on on my client's behalf, but it puts this question mark into the client's brain of like, okay, well, how long is this going to take Evan? I think, I think it should take him an hour, but 
Uh, maybe two. Um, oh, he billed me for five. Maybe there's, maybe there's more to it than I thought. Or, hmm, I wonder, is he, is he just messing with me? Is he trying to like milk it? Is he trying to make more money off of me? And now all of a sudden you start to have these questions of doubt of like, okay, the people on my team, are they like here just for their own best interest or like, are they really actually trying to help and provide value in a good way? And so that story kind of just ties into, and obviously speaking on some other things as far as different ways to charge clients if you're a freelancer or a startup entrepreneur or whatever it is. But it goes back to the concept of time and that it's just a metric and it doesn't actually equal money. And once again, time favors no one until you favor time. Meaning we have to redefine what time is and what power that it actually has. Because the more clearly that we can understand the essence of our reality, and what I mean by that is reality in its truest form or as close to truth as we can comprehend and perceive, the more clearly that we can understand the essence of our reality, the better that we can own it. Time is ever-present. It's an ever-present part of our reality, although it's distorted and widely misunderstood and mishandled. To wrap this up, how, does this, how this all ties together is that the discussion of time, it leads to a better understanding of time and its true value and what it is and what it isn't, which then leads us or allows us to better assimilate or aka tie together slash understand our own past, present, and future, which then gives us a heightened awareness of ourselves and what we can control. And I'm speaking mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. And then from there, we can it affords us the opportunity to truly be able to own it. So bullet points, to me, owning it, owning it, means accepting our past and doing our best to pull every ounce of value that we can from our past, the highest of times and the lowest of times and everything in between. Owning it means living in the present. When I'm talking about living in the present, it's like slow your mind down. It's kind of that meditative practice. It doesn't necessarily mean close your eyes and go into some sort of like prayer mode where you like have some sort of mantra that you're repeating or just humming or listening to a certain frequency or whatever. And I'm not dogging on any of that, but living in the present is just like, stop thinking in your past. It doesn't mean ignore it entirely. Don't go back and pull value. I was just talking about how we need to accept it and look for the value that's there. And then the same with the future. I actually heard this. I'm going to go off my notes for a second. I hope I don't mess this up. (laughs) I heard something about this recently. And if somebody has heard this also and you have the actual source, please hit me up at evanshank75, uh, Instagram. Let me know because I'd really like to put a, uh, give credit where credit's due on this. But really that maybe it was Simon Sinek or Tony Robbins. It was one of those guys, something like that. When you're so future focused, anxiety can creep in because you're trying to do everything right and make take all the right steps so that 
bad and peril doesn't happen in your future. And the reality is we're all in this game of life and it's the epitome of a guessing game or using our best guess rather to move forward. And so anxiety sets in when you have this perfectionist type mindset and you're focused on the future and trying to force all the pieces to work. And what happens is if we focus so so much on our past, there's a level of depression that can come from that and sadness. And it kind of weighs us down, especially if we have bad moments that have happened in our history. And if you're a human, if you're alive and breathing today, you've definitely had some bad spots. We'll just say it like that. You know, there's been some down times and some of us are more fortunate than others as far as how our life has been up to this very moment. The more that you're so like past focused, it you get stuck there. And you see people that are just, they kind of just start to swallow themselves up. And it's a, it's a level of depression that kind of can start to set in. So living in the present. So to me, owning it means living in the present, focusing on the exact moment. Owning it to me also means setting up our trajectory, moving forward into tomorrow and into our future. Owning it means reckoning with the not so good things in life, whether it's within our control or not. Owning it means allowing yourself to have deeper feelings of everything or more so of the very good things that are out there. If there's something great, like stew on it a little bit. Try to kind of play the mindfulness gratitude game with it. Let's try to pull out once again. It's kind of like I always just have this visualization of just a sponge that you're just wringing out and you're just trying to get the last drop of water out of it. Do that. Do that. Owning it means that you're constantly squeezing and twisting the sponge of life. Pull as much value out of it, out of it that you can. And owning it means continued sharpening of mindfulness to the reality within ourselves and the world around us. And this goes into what's in your control, what's in your what's not in your control. What are you fixating on? Where is your brain and your heart spending time on? My final thought, as with most things related to personal development, owning it is a constant tug of war that can only be counted as a win if you don't give up. There is no checkered flag, but there is fulfillment to be found in that process, that very process is where the fulfillment lies. Not once you get good at it, but once you begin. And then every day, the practice continues thereafter. Get out there and own it. If you have other thoughts to this, I would love to hear them. And thank you for spending the time listening to this podcast. If you would just so kindly follow and share the podcast and whatever platform you're listening this to, just go ahead and leave a rating or a review, (laughs) as long as it's good, right? (laughs) The more that I do these podcasts, the more comfortable I feel and start to kind of find a groove. And I just want to put out good content. So thank you for being here. Take a deep breath. Realize life is what you make it. And time is not your enemy. Time is this thing that we can manipulate to work to our favor. Who is the captain? Is it you or time? Get out there and own it. And thanks for being here. 
Well, that does it for this episode. You can always reach out to me directly on my Instagram at evanshank75 with any thoughts or questions you may have. I'd love to connect and hear your story. Make sure you follow and subscribe and also leave a review on whichever platform you're listening to this on. My only question to you is, which way now?